Hello and thanks for joining us once more on India on 99.9 for the home of Cricket Audio. I'm Nikesh Raghani, broadcaster, journalist and commentator based in the UK. My co-host Sarah Waris of uh, Wisden, journalist uh, over in India. And uh, we are here to talk all things Indian cricket. And Sarah, you've got, you've got a smile on your face. I'm bouncing around this morning as well. Uh, because uh, we are here to talk about India versus Pakistan at the Asia Cup. And, uh, well, I won't say, I won't be sarcastic and say, surprise, surprise, India won again, uh, because in the Asia Cup, it's it's more of an even record, but it was a massive game. There was so much hype ahead of it. First game of the competition for both sides, first game in this particular group. And it was a pretty tight one in the end, wasn't it? It was, I mean, how how were, how were your nerves sort of waking up yesterday and, and all the build-up and everything? Because I, I saw some of the build-up shows uh, from Star Sports over here in the UK as well. And it was, there was a lot of hype, even the previous day, actually, before the Sri Lanka-Afghanistan match. All they were talking about was India versus Pakistan, which was a little bit disrespectful to those two sides. Um, but so much hype and, and so much expectation and it must have been a pretty nervous place over in India yesterday. Yeah, you can say that uh, uh, Sri Lanka was playing that match. Afghanistan played the opener. But Asia Cup, it's India-Pakistan. Like, you know, you wait for India-Pakistan matches, whatever opportunities you get. Not being disrespectful to other teams, but it's just another moment for India-Pakistan. And everyone kind of was... Yeah, okay, other teams are playing, but it's India-Pakistan. And the build-up was yesterday after the match, there were firecrackers being burst. And uh, I'm very happy that I predicted three matches for India-Pakistan. One will be a close game, two easy wins for India. And yesterday was a close win. Uh, I'm hoping the next two are relatively easier because at the end, you know, it seemed an easy win. Uh, at the halfway stage but after that it was just it could have gone either way it would have been very devastating if India lost in the end because for most parts you were like okay India is winning uh, but yeah good to get it out of the way and where where did you watch I mean I, I'll tell you where I watched I was working yesterday I was commentating on the 100 I'm currently in a hotel room in in Birmingham and off to Nottingham uh, today for uh, another double header as well so I had it on my laptop and I was commentating but I, to be honest I was watching my laptop more than I was watching uh, the games in front of me it was uh, it was obviously India Pakistan it was exciting wickets were falling uh, early on in the Pakistan innings and then sort of you know they, they put on some partnerships but they never really got going until the end um, and and you know it was just enthralling viewing all the way through despite it looking like India were quite comfortable as you say at the halfway stage where were you watching? Do you, do you have like a routine when it's big matches like this? Do you watch on your own? Are you one of those people who just needs to be on your own and is too stressful watching with other people yeah. and, and, and all that? Or do you watch with family? I watch on my own. Uh, unfortunately, in Lucknow here, I'm not from Lucknow originally. Uh, but so I don't have a lot of, you know, cricket friends, so to say. So I watch on my own because if I watch with people who I know aren't too much into cricket, they're... Yeah comments and their yep. criticism, unnecessary criticism will just get to me and I'll be like, you know nothing, just just wait, just let it be over. So yep. I like watching on my own and yeah, it's peaceful that way. 
That, that is the best thing. I mean, it's, it's difficult watching, even with people, to yeah. be honest, who, who know their cricket but might not know their Indian cricket yeah. or their Pakistani cricket. And they're talking about certain players and you think, no, mate, you don't know what you're talking about. Just shut up. So I, I yeah. do like watching on my own. There's, I, I don't mind watching with my dad when it's a big game because we're on the same level and, and you know, we've, we've watched together for so many years. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't do that yesterday. But you mentioned the firecrackers. I'm from Leicester. I live in, in Leicester in England and you probably know it's a bit of a mini India in certain parts of it and big Gujarati community uh, over from India and, and via East Africa many years ago, etc. But they always close. There's there's a road called the Golden Mile where it's, it's called that because there's so many jewellery shops and, and sari shops and all of it. many of the jewellery shops. It's called the Golden Mile, a big long stretch of Indian shops, basically, restaurants, everything. And they always end up having to close the road, the police, and, and they do it quite, you know, the, the, they don't complain about it. They're quite happy to do it. Whenever India win a big match, usually against Pakistan, but, you know, even like World Cup finals and, and whatever it might be in 2011, 2007, all that, any big game, they close the road because everybody just streams out of their houses. It's mostly Indians who live around there. They've got the flags out. They've yeah. got the doors out. They're climbing onto traffic lights. They're, they're celebrating. They're standing on tops of cars, waving flags. And, uh, you know, I got to see, I wasn't there obviously yesterday and, um, you know, being here in Birmingham, but I got to see images of that. And it's, it's great to see it all around the world. I'm sure there were similar celebrations um, from some of our, you know, listeners would have witnessed uh, around the world in, in places like maybe America and Canada and various other countries around the world where there's big Indian communities. So uh, it's, it's great to see, isn't it? Just just what it means to everyone and, and not just in India where you are, but, you know, it's it's a big thing, isn't it? Because people... I've got Pakistani friends, maybe in in England. People like me. I've got, I've got colleagues who I work with. Uh, there's one in particular who is a big Pakistani cricket fan who I work with on the BBC, and it's it's nice to get one over on these people, isn't it? In a in a good good spirited way. Especially yesterday's win, you know, for so many years, India-Pakistan kind of been one-sided matches. Even when Pakistan won, they were pretty one-sided last year. It was a ten-wicket win. So. Uh, this match, after so long, we saw a close match, so to say. And, uh, you know, that nerves, the last over nerves, and then Pandya, Pandya just being Pandya. It was, you know, that all of that just added to it. A one-sided win would not have been that, um, you know, that exciting maybe. Uh, but as Rohit Sharma also said, I would rather have these kind of matches than uh, these wins than a one-sided win. So... I think that close match added to uh, that even more. Absolutely. And just before we get into all the details of the match as well, just a reminder that 99.94 is more than just this podcast. Jared Kimber, of course, has Red Inca. That focuses on deep issues within the game. There's also Double Century, a look at the history of the game and other podcasts from other countries uh, on the network as well. Listen to West Indies on 99.94, best Caribbean coverage uh, you can get there. Uh, of course, you've got our podcast, which you're listening to now. And don't forget to to comment and to subscribe to our podcast as well. And leave comments on YouTube. Contact us on social media, if you like, as well, at Nikesh Raghani, at Swaris16. With any questions, anything you want to maybe talk about in uh, future episodes, as well as England on 99.94, South Africa as well, looking at the radically changing nature of cricket in the Rainbow Nation as well. And you can find them all on your podcast apps on YouTube or via the 99.94 app. 
Right then, Pakistan, 147 all out. I mean, firstly, to get them all out was fantastic. I know it was just one ball shy of the 20 overs, but it's a psychological landmark nonetheless. I felt that it was probably 10 or 15 more than they should have got. And that was obviously thanks to a bit of a flurry at the end from uh, Harris, Ralph and Dahani as as well with those quick runs. And, you know, Ralph, uh, what did he finish on? Uh, 13 from seven, Dahani 16 from six. Their chief contributor was uh, Mohamed Rizwan at the top of the order, but 43 from 42. Uh, Barbara Azam, 10 from nine, didn't do too much damage. Bouvi removed him early. Um, But let's talk about Rizwan and, and Barbara's approach at the top of the order because so much is made of the Indian openers and their approach in recent times. But you look at their records, and, and we talked about Rahul, obviously, you know, first ball duck yesterday, but his international T20 strike rate is over 140, which is very good for, for anyone. Whereas if you look at Rizwan and Baba, the runs are there always pretty much. I know yesterday Baba didn't, but, you know, generally they're so consistent, but their strike rates aren't great. And, and yesterday it showed once again with Rizwan, OK, he had to play an anchor role after losing a couple of early wickets, but 43 of 42, you've, you've just wasted, you know, at least 10 deliveries in that. It's, it's, it's not good enough. And, and Pakistan will probably rightly be critical of their approach at the top of the order yesterday. Yeah, and I was also looking at uh, this one stat where Asif Ali, uh, he scores a six every, uh, every over, 6.1 or 6.2 deliveries every over. Uh, but he has just batted... Uh, bats at an average of like, you know, uh, five balls per innings. So, you know, again, that uh, approach by Rizwan and Babar Azam is worth questioning. You know, if you have a player like Asif Ali in your ranks, then if you're hogging up 42 deliveries, that uh, that seven overs for just 43 runs and Babar Azam yesterday didn't get going. But um, then if both of them are batting 15 overs also in a game and then leaving so little for the rest uh, for Asif Ali or even the rest of the uh, middle or, or order batters. It's again, yeah, worth questioning if that is the right approach. Um, it has worked for them in the past, but will it work for them in pressure situations when, you know, you need to go after the attack or when the uh, target is a little ha- on the higher side? So... Yeah, that's... And Asif Ali yesterday walked uh, at number seven, I think. Uh, Shadab Khan batted above him. So, again, you know, is Pakistan misusing him? Honestly, I've not been very... uh, Like, I've not followed Pakistan cricket very deeply. Uh, But I've just, you know, these stats and seeing where he batted yesterday, again, makes me question, is Asif Ali, you know, being utilised properly by the Pakistan team? And Bhuvi... Four for 26. There was concerns, weren't there, going into this Asia Cup? No Bumrah to lead the attack. Who's going to make those early breakthroughs? And, uh, well, we've got one man who can do it in the early overs, in the power play, and at the death as well. His name is Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, and he's turned up once again against Pakistan. I mentioned it in the previous podcast about his record against Pakistan. And four for 26, outstanding stuff on any day. He was on a hat-trick also in the middle, which was, uh, it would have, you know, we were all hoping he gets there, unfortunately not to be. Uh, At the innings break, he said that uh, 
there wasn't a lot of swing on offer so they went with the short ball uh, bowling tactic which worked wonders even hardik pandya then started bouncing out the batsmen uh, and it's bumrah is not there but then with bhuvi you know okay he is there he is the mainstay and with bumrah now coming back and arshdeep also I've been very impressed with Arshdeep. He was a little expensive yesterday, but overall he's been very uh, like impressive at the death also. And now with Hardik Pandya finding form, India's pace bowling department looks like looks scary for the opponents. And I can't wait for all of them to be together and play. Absolutely. In Australia. And Arshdeep, you mentioned there two for thirty-three. A um, little bit expensive, but he got taken apart. In his last over, I think that went for 11 runs, uh, that, that that final over. He did get the wicket in the end of Dahani, but it's just tail-enders swinging from the hip, really, and, and it can happen to anyone. But as you say, very impressive once again. Hardik with three wickets himself. Bumrah to come back. Um, you know, maybe Harsha Patel to come back. We'll, we'll see what combination they go with. But it was all about the quicks, which was interesting because we've watched IPL in previous seasons. We've watched the last T20 World Cup and it's been quite spin-dominated and that's what we were predicting going into this uh, particular competition. And it might well be the case as it goes on and as the pitches get worn a little bit more that that will be the case. But it was the quicks from both sides, really, who who did the damage. And uh, it just goes to show that, that India have got more than just one trick up their sleeve, haven't they? They've, they've got all bases covered. And just looking at the team selection in terms of the bowling, were you were you happy with the combination initially that they went in with? Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, irrespective of the pitch, you can't leave out. Obviously, Bhuvi is there. Avesh Khan, yeah, potentially, you know, he's could have been a questionable player. Uh, pick maybe Bishnoi above him but then the fact that Jadeja uh, bowled just two overs and Chahal was expensive in hindsight that decision proved to be a good one so yeah no complaints Avish Khan I won't really read much into his figures because I don't think he's going to make the T20 World Cup squad no disrespect to him uh, there's Harshal coming in and Chahal is also in the mix so I don't really see him ma- uh, there, I so I'm not really reading too much into his figures. Uh, but Jadeja bowling just two overs is, you know, very um, interesting because it again makes you want, think whether he is that kind of... Uh, he's been able to make a star, leave his mark in test cricket, not so much in T20Is. So again, him bowling two overs yesterday is... Like, he's not the main players in the side. It just makes you wonder. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing I'd say about that is it gives you that option, doesn't it? Because Hardik sometimes can be expensive in white ball cricket. And if Hardik bowls a couple of really expensive overs, then where are you going to get the rest of your overs if if you're not going to give him his full four? Who bowls the rest? So that gives you that flexibility, I suppose, and... The fact that Hardik was bowling so well, it meant that you know Jadeja didn't need to bowl his full quota, and and Hardik could take those extra two, and and that's just the the, the way it crumbled yesterday in terms of India with the bat. But then, uh, team but then one more first. point with Go on. yeah, one more point with Jadeja. He's not really the best T20I bowler, so um, 
and his batting okay yesterday he scored a handy 30 odd runs but is it something which probably an akshar patel can't do or is it something which a deepak hooda can't do so um i'm not very sure that his spot is fixed in this 11 right now it seems as though he's the man in possession at the moment though so yeah. we'll we'll keep a close eye on that through this asia cup and and then obviously into the T20 World Cup uh, and see what India decide but in terms of the the team selection then with the bats obviously he's he's one of that batting lineup and and in the side as a finisher essentially KL Rahul was back we knew he would be at the top of the order we knew they'd go with Kohli at 3 they're just going back back to basically what what they've trusted for quite a few years now and a terrible start <laughs> KL Rahul gone for a golden duck yeah. it was a quick delivery from nasim shah it just beat him for pace off the inside edge and you know stumps flying everywhere zinger bales lighting up and then kohli comes in as a flash at one outside the off stump the whole mm. of india <laughs> takes a deep breath and then the catch is dropped a difficult chance it was flying at such pace um but i mean that it, again it just goes to show that it's a the unknown the fact that india don't play pakistan regularly they've never seen nasim shah it was his t20i debut so he's never played this form before but has played test cricket of course and has been on the scene for a couple of years now still very young raw pace and it seemed to have really troubled india early on with that new ball when it was hard they didn't have a clue and and were you thinking this is you know there's no shaheen shah freedy but this is yeah a flashback to the t20 world cup isn't it just lose a couple of early wickets and and it's game done yeah that's what i tweeted also just now just imagine if shaheen afridi was in the bowling attack it would have just been a mess for india so to say uh, kl rahul looked very uh, looked rusty yesterday like he was very late to the ball and then uh, probably he's not had enough match practice also uh, that's why i had spoken about this in a podcast earlier where uh, during the zimbabwe series i had criticized his move to not open in one of the matches gil opened i think it was in the first odi because uh, i was like he is in the uh, Asia Cup squad so he should come out to open and bat as much as he can because obviously he's playing against the Pakistan Pacers so he needs some time there he he looked a little rusty still needs time to get going and yeah Virat Kohli began with a few misses first two three balls and was just yeah heartbeat has stopped for a second yes. uh but Yeah he was he looked decent after the break which he has had um obviously didn't score at the fastest rate but uh, he had to like anchor the innings after the loss of KL Rahul's wicket especially with the bowling being so deadly at the uh so won't really criticize him he was playing on the back foot more which has been an issue he's like he's just on the front foot playing everything uh on the front foot but yet yesterday he was on the back foot he was defending the ball also so the break seems to have worked uh and hoping that you know he can be in his prime very soon yeah, he seemed to just just be walking with that little bit more air of confidence towards the uh yeah. end of that innings as well and and it 
you know, we talk about strike rates and things, but in the second innings, when you're chasing a relatively low target, you know, it's, it's, it's a decent enough target sometimes if you take early wickets, you can, you know, it's, it's, it can be competitive, 147, 148. But, yeah. you know, the fact that it's not a massive target, I think, yeah, he played the situation well. He played some very lovely shots. And, you know, first match of the tournament, yeah, especially with Rohit Sharma, you know, struggling. He batted with a strike rate yeah. of 66. So, uh, there was only so much that Kohli could do. And so, there's been a lot of criticism regarding his strike rate and everything. But, uh, yeah, it was a very handy knock. Uh, so, I'd reserve the uh, judgment for this innings for now. Wait till he gets 100 against Hong Kong. Then we can then we can all celebrate Kohli Hoping. again. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that in a minute. But um, obviously, another failure for yeah. KL, like we mentioned. But in the middle order, no Rishabh Pant. Also, they went yeah, for DK one more thing I wanted keeper. to add on Kohli uh, was that you know how he spoke about his men. It's not really related to the match yesterday, but the way he spoke about his mental health issues in an interview earlier. I think deserves a lot of credit because in India, mental health is still a very taboo subject. You don't talk about it. You are trolled for being mentally weak. It has happened when Kohli has taken the paternity leave. He's just been, you know, criticized that he's not putting country first, etc., etc. And it's still a very touchy subject in India. In 2014, Kohli had said that uh, he was having these mental issues, but he couldn't really speak up then. He didn't feel he was at the place to speak up about it. So for a player of his stature to come out now and express that he was mentally not at his best, uh, I think is a very bold step and kudos to him for that. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. We we see it more and more internationally now with sportsmen and women um, being able to talk about these things. And it's so important because it's such a difficult thing, isn't it, being an international cricketer, mm. travelling all around the world, being apart from your family at various times, uh, which he has been over the years. I know now he tries to travel with Anushka and, you know, it, it makes it a little bit easier just having your partner there and, and being in that situation. But um, yeah, kudos to him for for speaking up about it. And hopefully, I think if it is a taboo subject in India, then it needs people, it needs role models like Virat Kohli to be able to talk about it, to make it seem okay to talk about it for everybody else, because there's going to be millions and millions of other people who are feeling these things on a daily basis. And it needs somebody to to bring it out in them that it is okay to talk about this, You, you know, if if your Joe blogs on the street, you know, just normal job, normal day to day routine, the public aren't going to know about it. So you don't need to be embarrassed on that front. You don't, might not even need to tell your family about it, but you, there, there will be someone, and, and it needs to be made aware, I suppose, where you can go for this help, and you know, free counselling sessions available or groups which you can attend, which talk about these things. So, yeah, very important issue, uh, mental health in international cricket, and. Great for him uh, for speaking about it as well. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Bunt and uh, Dinesh Karthik and that selection in just a second. But uh, just another reminder that uh, if you want to hear more from uh, the world of cricket, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all our podcasts and also our commentary as well. We are the home of Cricket Audio Online. We're adding new shows and covering series. And the best way to follow us is via our app or on social media at 99.94 
DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So Rishabh Bunt out of the side. DK gets the nod at the top of uh, in the middle of the order. You you alluded to that in the previous episode as well. You thought they'd go down that route. I mean, there's a potential to play both of them, isn't there? Depending on what you do with the rest of the batting order. The only issue is you can't drop Surya Kumar Yadav, the form he's in at the moment. Do you drop Kale Rahul and move Kohli up to open? That could have been another option. But no Rishabh Bunt. He's not got the best T20 record going. He's, he's more successful in the longest format. Um, but given all his talent, given what he offers as a character out there on the field as well, behind the stumps, his skills you know, as a wicketkeeper as well, and, and just the ability he has to, to finish off games. And, and if he gets going, he can do things that nobody else on the field can with the bat. Were you surprised? I mean, look, DK only got, you know, he, he was only out there for a very short time in the last over. But was that a surprise or, or not really? So uh, with Pant, I'm not really um, sure. Like, I want to get into this in a little more detail. So what works for Pant in the 11, why he should be and what doesn't work for Pant, kind of. So Pant, uh, he scores, like, he needs time to get into the get into his groove. So he can't really be the finisher in the side. Uh, he can't bat at number five, six, seven. You can't expect him to score um, 50 of 20 balls in the last overs. Whenever he scored between 15 and 20, uh, his strike rate is um, less than 100 on five occasions, which means that, you know, he needs still 20, 25 runs. He needs time to get in. And then after that, he can uh, get going, which probably means the best spot for him is in the top four. But then the top three already has... KL Rahul, Kohli, Rohit Sharma, who are also these kind of batters, like they need time to get going. They need, uh, we saw it yesterday, we saw with uh, Rohit Sharma and Kohli yesterday that they need some time to get going. They're not like the Surya Kumar Yadavs or the Hardik Pandya. So having Pant in the 11 means a top four because I don't see Pant batting below. At five or six, I think four is the best best spot for him because of the reasons I mentioned. He needs time to get going. Uh, I think two is the best spot for him. Yeah, I think he should open. He has yeah. done it. They've tried it. KL Rahul. Yeah, could be the one. Well, would uh, would have to be the one to go because you can't. You know. I was just writing an article on that, saying that Pun should open. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly think that is the best place yeah. for him because. You know, in those power playovers, he can take that little yeah. bit more risk. Even if he skews a couple into the outfield, there's, you know, not going to be fielders out there to take those catches. So he can take those risks. He can play proper shots as well. You know, he's, he's not just a big hitter. He can play the drives and he can just pierce the gaps. And I think I think that would suit him if they gave him a run of yeah. doing that. And it may be the case that they think, look, it's probably too late now to get him into that role ahead of the this World Cup. Maybe after this World Cup, they'll look at that once again and think, how can we get him into the side uh, in that top order and, and batting, opening the innings? And I honestly think that would be a great place for him to bat. And he doesn't even have to take the gloves if you're going to play DK as well. Or even if you're going to play KL and bring him down the order, which I don't think they should do. But if they're going to play DK, he could take the gloves, take that pressure off Rishabh if he's going to open the batting as well and just let him do his thing. So there, there's options. But look, we saw DK 
have a brief stay at the crease. So look, this is what it crumbled down to. Seven needed off the last over. Jadeja's out off the first delivery. We were all thinking, oh, bloody hell, this, here we go again. Uh, some, you know, there's another twist in the tail. And then DK comes in, pulls a single, which initially I thought might be going to the boundary, but no, straight to the fielder out on the mm-hmm. rope. So six needed off four. Hardik on strike. And just the, the attitude, I mean, the aura that that guy has, especially now after coming back from injury, he's the captain of the Gujarat Titans. He's just led them to the IPL. He's, he's not got that same ego, I don't feel, as he had before, but he's still got the confidence. And you wouldn't even say arrogance, yeah. but you'd almost say just, just high level of confidence out there. He just believes in everything he does. DK was having a chat to him and just the, the nod that he gave, just so nonchalant, like, yeah. don't worry, I've got this. And bang, next ball six, game done. What was all the fuss about? So it was, it was a brilliant finish, wasn't it? But it was pretty nervous stuff when Jadeja got out of that first ball of the final over. Yeah, so again, you know, coming back to the punt point, which I had, uh, if realistically India are going to play KL Rahul, like, Till the T20 World Cup, at least KL Rahul is going to play as an opener. I would want someone else. I probably Kohli or even Pant. But right now, I think KL Rahul is there. So it means that will Pant keep missing out? Because Pant has a very good record against Spain, especially left armors in the middle overs, which uh, Jadeja does not have. And Jadeja is the only left armor in the top six or seven for India right now. Uh, Yesterday he was promoted to number four, which was kind of a not the best move, I would say, because uh, uh, Jadeja has a strike rate of 88 in the middle overs against all kind of spin. uh, And he struggled against spin yesterday, being very honest. Uh, Pant has not done very well against them, but in the IPL, he has a strike rate of 147. T20Is is not done very well. So, um, to break that right-hand like run of right-handed batsmen coming in, uh, Pant is a better batsman than Jadeja any day. And if you are promoting Jadeja up the order, uh, then why not have a Pant? Obviously, uh, then comes in the whole angle of uh, Pant chipping in with a few overs, uh, so is does DK miss out? But then DK has done very well in his role. So yeah, it's a very tricky thing for India. Um, let's see how it goes. And also about sorry about the Hardik Pandya uh, thing which you spoke about. Do you think he's the best T Twenty I bats? He could end up as the best T Twenty I cricketer for India because yeah, there have been Dhonis, there have been the Virat Kohli, Surya Kumar is there, but for his Bumrah, obviously, but for his all-round potential and you know just that confidence, hoping he can be the captain because he's been very, he's done very well with that aggression and everything. Do you think he can be the best? Yeah, I, th- I think he. I think he should first and foremost be India's next yeah. white ball captain uh, once Rohit decides to either hang up his bat in those formats or just, you know, after this World Cup maybe, who who knows, you know, there's no point in Rohit carrying on because he, he might not be around 
playing for the next T20 World Cup, or even if he is, he, he might not be good enough to play that format of the game based on who's coming through from the Indian side. So I, I reckon they should give it to Hardik. And you're right. I mean, if he's not going to play test cricket as well, mm. puts everything into this. It, it, fitness is the key, isn't it? As it always is with Hardik Bandia. We were talking years ago about him potentially being the next Kapil Dev in test cricket. And it didn't quite happen. And the injuries happened and he couldn't bowl. And he probably will never be able to bowl long spells of bowling in test cricket. And if he doesn't bowl in test cricket, his value goes down. He's he's not good enough, I don't think, to be an out-and-out out number six in test cricket and score centuries on a regular basis. So it's going to be white ball cricket. And I think he, he could be an all-time great in both formats. You know, like you say, we talk about Dhoni, Kohli for what he did for so many years. Um, you know, in terms of the bowling, Bumrah is going to be right up there as one of the greatest the world has ever seen. But Hardik has just got something yeah. special, hasn't he? And, and as a leader, I think that's what has brought the best out of him in terms of temperament as well. Because before he was brash, he was a young kid. Yeah, he had that confidence, but it was almost arrogance at times. And if it didn't come off, he used to get loads of stick because of the way he carried himself on and off the field. And was, yeah, yeah, coffee with Karan didn't help. I mean, Kale kind of got dragged into yeah. that. It was more... Hardik, wasn't it, with, you know, all the bragging about going yeah. to the parties and telling his mum all these kinds of things, which I think, ooh, I don't think, I can't think of many other, you know, um, men of that age talking about yeah. women like that to their mums and their mums agree. You know, it's just, it was all weird. It was a weird situation. They shouldn't have done it. They're ill-advised, but that was him back then. Yeah, Hardik Pandya later said that his ban after that, you know, it changed. It was obviously a blot on his career, but it changed his career also because after that, he realized that he is that icon and he needs to get his priorities in place. So uh, that episode kind of turned to be a career-changing one for him. So if it... And let's not forget also it, yeah. that, yeah, he's, he's, he's now married. Yeah. He's got a kid. He's a dad. That that does change a man. And, uh, you know, it, it seems to have worked wonders for him. It's that extra responsibility. He seems to thrive off that. And that's what he needed. I mean, for some people, when they get this extra responsibility, you know, they, they find it very difficult being a captain, being a father, being a husband. You know, it, it doesn't come naturally to everyone. But for him, it seems as though he's thriving off that. He's He's confident that he can deliver everything that, that he's asked of him, both in his home life and uh, particularly when uh, leading the Gujarat Titans and being a senior player now in India's white ball formats as well. So he he could go on. I mean, look, he, he bowls with pace, decent enough pace. He can bowl short. He can bowl at the death of the innings. He can bowl early on. He can bowl two overs and, you know, just fill in if you need him to. He can bowl the full four. He can bowl a 10-over spell in, in ODIs and, and come out with good figures, as we saw in the England series. He can come in and finish an innings he with the bat. He can bat at number four fielder. also. We saw in the IPL. He can. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So he can come in at the top of the order. Um, and he's such a flexible cricketer and, and just brilliant at everything he does when he's in form like this. So... Uh, long may it continue and, and they look a completely different yeah. side with him in there and there's just something about you know especially fast bowlers coming back from an injury and then doing so well uh, Hardik Pandya even Bhuvaneshwar Kumar he was struck, he's been struggling with injuries 
so often probably the reason why his test career also uh ended up well short uh it's just so heartening to see these fast bowlers because it's tougher for them to just come back and override up ob- all these obstacles and then do well so with both bhuvi and uh, hardik pandya indeed so uh, hardik pandya then leading india to victory with that uh, six to finish things off uh, we we're not going to say finishes off in style just just yeah it was it wasn't a final so we're not going to go all ravi shastri he did talk about how kohli uh, how dhoni has impacted his career so kohli dhoni would be the happiest not a bad person to mimic yeah. as well uh, with the six to finish things off so look india and pakistan it's one match down as you say they they're, they're going to play again unless hong kong beat pakistan or or indeed beat india um and is is just not going to happen right so um we expect them to play each other again in the super fours that will be more of a pressure situation as well because they'll be against two other decent teams who've got through from the other group it's looking like afghanistan might be one of their mm-hmm. sides right now after thumping sri lanka in the first match what a victory that was so india's next game on wednesday against hong kong pakistan have to wait until friday to take on hong kong and then uh, it's going to be into the super fours and uh, everyone in that stage plays each other once again so another india pakistan game to look forward to there and potentially you think in the final but you never know it could be someone else uh, we'll just wait and see but we'll bring you more as the asia cup uh, continues but uh, as it is we've both got smiles on our faces <laughs> because it's uh, it's 1-0 to india in this particular asia cup and uh, fingers crossed uh, that they can beat hong kong in style i'd like to see them so just quickly i'd like to see them bat first Yeah. Bat first against Hong Kong, give everyone a hit. Especially KL Rahul. Uh, everyone might not get it. a hit if they don't yeah. lose wickets. But yeah, somebody like a he KL Rahul needs time at the crease, bit of confidence. I'm not saying Hong Kong are just whipping boys. You know they've got some decent cricketers. It won't be easy, but you know India should fancy their chances of getting a big total, getting the openers some time at the crease. Even Rohit Sharma struggled in the last match. Kohli is still coming off a break, so hoping the top three gets a. decent run uh, against hong kong yeah. Yeah. absolutely so uh, you know hopefully that's the case uh, we'll wait and see how that one goes um, but as far as this episode is concerned that's all we've got time for thank you very much for listening and we'll be back soon thanks for listening to india on 99.94 please rate review and subscribe you can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually and you can follow us personally on twitter and instagram i'm at nikesh ragani and sara is at swaris16 we'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond and you can also follow our network at 99.94dm on social media remember if you love cricket then we are the home of cricket audio follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world thanks for joining cricket's conversation 99.94 Hi listeners, we wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports related news. Each episode we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. 
We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company. And we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.